Yo, yo. It's working. Hey, what's up? Yeah, this uh, technology interwebs is the future, and I'm I'm lost and flailing. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. <laughs> Good man. Uh, yeah, glad glad this worked out. Um, no matter who I've tried to, uh, you know, podcasting and talking with online, there's always some weirdness going on. Mm. Um, like I know I know a guy who runs uh, the Geekish Network. Okay. They do shows six times a week, and you know they have us they have like a call time where everybody shows up an hour early mm -hmm. just so they can work out kinks still. Oh, God. You know? And they do this all the time. So yeah, it's weird. Hectic. You sure it'll record? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've done this, um, not with the, the video like this, mm -hmm. but, uh, Facebook lives always record. So, okay. uh, this little, little hack Facebook live tends to work a uh, Facebook video tends to work. Um, pretty standard across everybody's computer so so yeah it's solid right on all right so um so yeah i guess we can kind of jump into this we had a interesting intro there um my name is mr benja as everybody knows here i am uh connecting here with um my man johnny tran um i met him back in san diego gosh how long ago was that johnny that was like over 10 years yeah yeah right 2006 six or something like that oh okay yeah 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 because i was i was i was farting around in the art scene trying to trying to find my legs in that area and ran across you guys uh and there was a there was a show um around i forgot the guy's name i don't have him off the top of my head but he did a show and i got in on that and then you guys were at the show as well and i met you guys there oh okay and, all right. Very yeah. cool. Um, yeah, it, it was near uh, near Bar Basic. There was a little area, mixed media. It was a mixed media show. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. Um, not like mixed media, the the format of your painting, mm -hmm. but that's the name of the that's show. That's the name of the show. And um, yeah, we, we hosted that show in this space um, in downtown. Um, it's like a retail space, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name of it now. <laughs> so... Yeah, I know. I I, I think I got the JPEG of the flyer somewhere <laughs> in my hard drive still, so I'll have to pull it up. I mean, you could tokenize it. Oh right, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, which kind of, which kind of leads to uh, to what we're doing here. Um, actually, go ahead and give a little introduction of yourself. Um, yeah. Okay. And let us know who you are and what you're up to. Yeah. Um, I'm Johnny Tran, um, co-owner of a. Uh, Thumbprint Gallery. We're uh, located in uh, La Jolla, um, which is part of San Diego, but it's a neighborhood in San Diego. Um, yeah, we showcase uh, pop surrealism, surrealism, urban art, lowbrow art. Go ahead. Oh yeah, and that's it. And I'm a musician, and and uh, yeah. So how'd you how'd you get in on the art game? Um, I actually have never I've never known this. Uh, I know you know uh, I met you and Paul together at the same time, but I never actually found out how mm. you got you started the art game. Yeah, so um, I started actually as a DJ, and um, from DJing, I went into um, kind of organizing events at clubs and bars and whatnot that I DJed at. And then from there, I uh, was uh, started integrating art into the event, and um, made a bunch of contacts, and um, was able to uh, start a gallery um, in North Park uh, a while ago, maybe twelve years ago or something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, we were basically the the first gentrifiers of North Park. <laughs> no, you said uh you said a a gallery um it was a i don't want to call it a house party but from what <laughs> i understand like you guys really just got in there and started because you wanted to and like when people hear well, gallery they're, they're thinking a certain thing well there was no plan if that's what you're uh um asking about yeah we didn't have a plan we just uh kind of wanted to do it 
No, I mean, uh, I, I totally respect that. I didn't mean like I wasn't trying to shade you or anything. Um, I like what you guys really started out with. I thought that was very awesome. Um, really getting in, making it happen. For sure. Um, all the all the artists that I know of in the San Diego area and, you know, beyond, they really respect what you guys do. And I do as well. I appreciate um, it. You know, I don't, I don't mess with too many clowns. So I just kind of, <laughs> you know, uh, vanish on those guys, but I uh, know you guys, I'm always there for, uh, because I like what you do. You have a good sense of uh, the art scene and everything um, and keeping track of what's going on. Um, keeping, Ahead of ahead of the curve, I think, um, in a, in a lot of ways. So trying, uh, made major props. Thank you. So, yeah, how's the uh, how's the uh, pandemic been been for you guys? I know um, our world is weird in general, but mm -hmm. you know, yeah, so, I don't see. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, so we uh, we shut down um, obviously in in March, and we were doing only um, online exhibitions for. I mean, several months, I'm not even sure how many months, at least three or four months like that. And then um, right now we're open uh, just once, once a week on Saturdays, 12 to four. Um, yeah, so it's been hard um, because we can't do the opening reception events and, uh, you know, a large part of our sales generally comes from those events. So we're, we're, kind of an event centric business. Um, right. So we've had to uh, kind of shift more focus online, which we were already trying to do, but um, the pandemic has forced us to uh, kind of put that into uh, high speed, I guess. All right. So how does the, how does the live, you know, gallery uh, reception opening go? I mean, uh, online. Well, we don't have one. There's no reception. Okay. Yeah, we just we have we post the um, the the art pieces, the exhibition, online. Essentially, you can buy it online through our shop. Okay. Thumbprintgallery.com. Right. Uh, yeah, and you guys have still been posting uh, some pretty cool images, so glad to see you um, still hooking up with that. Uh, another thing that's come out of this pandemic, and I want to go ahead and jump into it. Uh, All right. Is this whole, is this whole NFT thing? Mm -hmm. Um, I posted a video about uh, NFTs and uh, non-fungible tokens. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure everybody who's listening to this has heard of the $69 million sale of uh, basically a JPEG by Beeple. Um, I'm not sure if that one was a video or hmm. not. No, I but um, I didn't know he's he had doing several. A video. Yeah, some of his works are video. Mm. Um, they're these short, short little video loops. Um, I think that one may be a video actually. It's like a, I shouldn't say video, animated GIF to oh, I see. kind of re to kind of reduce its uh, scope a little bit. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the, he's been doing them for like 13 years with this. And relatively recently, I'd say in the past year, uh, artists started moving over to this NFT thing. And I say artist, uh, I don't mean that in like the classical sense, but people who have been creating a lot of online images who are mostly not in the gallery space. Mm. A lot of, a lot of production artists, a lot of digital artists I see. who I respect, I respect, but in a different way, mm. um, all of a sudden they've gotten a lot more famous recently because of this NFT thing. Mm. Not, not sure exactly why it popped off the way it did. Um, mm. but the, the Winklevoss twins with, uh, with the nifty gateway were were involved uh christie's has been involved right so somehow this push has started happening sure um and and you're not convinced i don't think uh that that's what i was hearing or well it kind of depends what you mean uh, what am i am i convinced of what exactly um you know like it, am i convinced you can make money off of nfts yeah I'm convinced of that. People have. That's proven. Um, am I convinced that um, the value of NFTs are what they should be, at least from a art collector point of view? Kind of skeptical. Um, I mean, I right. was interested in it, you know, just interested in it when I first heard about it. 
Um, but the more I looked into it, I became more skeptical. I mean, I, I don't, as of now, I don't think I would ever be a collector myself. Um, but I, you know, I collect art, but I don't think I would ever collect NFT art. What's the, uh, what's the difference to you uh, in like, you know, a digital piece of art versus, you know, um, a, a print? Well, a di well, a digital piece of art is a—it's uh, just code, right? Um, that um, as far as being able to display, you need a screen, I guess, for the aesthetic um, effects of it. But a print is physical. Um, that's one thing. Um, and um, <clears throat> but I, I'm not so sure that um, the issue is with NFTs is the diff is the, like the main issue is not really difference between digital art and physical art, you know, I think it okay. has more to do with um, what owning an NFT token or bit of code, I guess, in the blockchain, what that signifies as far as what you actually own. Um, and um, <clears throat> from my understanding, uh, when you buy an NFT um, that's linked to a certain JPEG image art, um, mm -hmm. you know, you, you don't actually own the image really any more than I would own the image um, who hasn't bought the NFT because um, the image itself, the aesthetic effects can be um, duplicated on my end without having to really um, purchase an NFT. And there's no real difference in quality. You know, there's no, it's just the exact same digital code. If I wanted to display the JPEG on my computer screen, it would be the same as on your computer screen, depending on the quality of our computer screens. Um, <laughs> um, regardless of who has purchased the NFT um, piece of code. Um, so I don't understand why a collector would want to own that. Right. I, it's really weird to me as well. And I certainly, uh, to be clear, I definitely think it's overblown and we're in a, in a definite bubble right now. Hmm. Um, there was a, uh, a link <laughs> that was put out saying that you know, 85% of the artists who are getting into NFTs won't be making money. And I was oh, like, really? I didn't know that. 85%. You know, like 85%. That's, that's generous, I thought. I thought it would be more like, you know, um, close to 95% because just because of the, the ease of creation, mm -hmm. you know, um, so many people, uh, not just in the States, just all around the world are just like, hey, uh, let me copy this image off the internet and, uh, type my name on the bottom in Photoshop and, you know, or invert the colors or something silly. And, you know, maybe even they don't do that, but turn that into an NFT and think they're going to make money. I think the, the amount of people that try it once or oh, twice. Oh, you're saying, you're saying there's a bunch of people who just not really artists trying to get on the, the bandwagon and try to tokenize random stuff almost. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, there, there are certain barriers to entry in the regular art world. I mean, even if you're just talking about driving down to Michael's and buying a canvas, mm -hmm. that is a barrier to entry that sure. a lot of people won't deal with. Um, but with creating a, creating a JPEG, you know, literally I can right click, mm -hmm. copy, kind of upload. So but I didn't want to get into co copyright sure. issues because that's another... Right kind of discussion but also yeah i think these artists but... oh go ahead. no go ahead yeah it is it is also interesting but you know um i i like what we were talking about in terms of just the ownership yeah. and actually means to have like a digital piece of property um if anything uh because so with these with these uh <laughs> with these tokens um they're all uh, minted or bonded to a, a piece of Ethereum or a piece of Bitcoin, right? Or 
you know, like a cryptocurrency. Sure. Most of them are cryptocurrency linked currently. Um, are there ones that are not? Uh, there's so many out there. I didn't mm -hmm. want to say definitively oh, that some of them are, are bonded to just regular, um, a, a regular blockchain system. Oh, and somebody, somebody could set that up. But uh, the fact that all of them that I know of are linked to Ethereum and Bitcoin and I suppose there's probably a Pepe coin. Is there you know, a Pepe coin? Oh my God, that's freaking terrible. No, the Pepe coin is pretty, is pretty stupid. It's uh... <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about the white nationalist shit? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the Pepe. It's got its own fucking coin, man. It's, the, it's, pretty, it's pretty dumb out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know who's buying into all of that, but yeah, uh, and there's definitely, there's definitely shady stuff happening. Oh so, um, aside from it being a bubble, you know, I know there are a lot of people that are doing pump and dump schemes, um, yeah. in all kinds of weirdness. I wouldn't go as far as call it a pyramid scheme just because that's a, I classify that as a certain type of setup where you, yeah get somebody in and that person kicks up money to you and so forth. But I get what they're saying when they right. call it a pyramid scheme. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's really weird out there. And I, I think for me, I didn't, I didn't get the possibility of like a digital property until I started messing around with um, uh, digital, digital um, what do you call it, uh, trading cards like baseball cards, mm. Pokemon cards, and things like that. Um, there's a whole culture of people out there who are, like, getting cards on their phone, you know, paying hundreds of dollars for them, um, mm -hmm. selling them on eBay. Mm -hmm. And it's not really it's not really safe. You know, somebody could just say, I don't want to pay you or whatever, and you lost your card. And, you know, it gets really, really dumb. But with, but with something on the blockchain and cryptocurrency, there's this whole linkage back to the person right. it's a, a a metered transaction and everything mm -hmm. so i think for that in that whole crowd who's getting into these art cards or not art cards digital trading cards mm -hmm. where you're just basically passing jpegs around mm -hmm. um it's for all of those people it definitely makes sense to start like tokenizing this stuff um oh yeah i don't know if you've ever uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, it, it's definitely, it's, first of all, it's safer um, in terms of, I know when I make a transaction, it's going into my account. Um, it's got the listing there of who bought it and sold it and everything. Mm -hmm. um, it's, God, it, it's so weird. I've never actually tried to explain my fascination for this silly little, these silly little apps, you know, like the Star Wars card trader and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't, but, uh, don't know anything about it. Yeah, I went down the rabbit hole, and um, <laughs> it's dumb. I, you need help like I'm buying. Cards. You good? <laughs> I, I'm good for now. Yeah, you know, like I I got the app here, and I'm just you know that's my, and you just get like a pack of cards and cycle through them, and it's kind of silly. Um, well, I used to collect baseball cards, so I kind of get it. But what's weird is after I started doing this. Um, I went and bought regular cards nice. and I flipped through them and I was like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not entertained by this anymore huh. because I can't, sh I can't show anybody um, the, yeah. the limited number of, the limited number of stats on the app. It's like, um, you know, it tells you how many cards, cards there are in the world. And, you know, so if you got one of one card and there's only, you know, 300 of them you know you're one of 300 and you can show somebody on your phone look it's one of 300 i suppose you could do that with baseball cards and you know you actually bring a card to somebody and show them hey this is one of 300 or whatever mm. but it's like that takes so much work you know if i'm on the app people could just kind of scroll by and say wow look at this guy he's got all these cards and he's showing me this and that and i can take screenshots of the app and makes the transaction easier making deals or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's really dumb because as I said, there's no uh actual card and I didn't think I'd get into it like I did. <laughs> but 
but it's, it's the, this is the closest thing to a slot machine that I know of uh, <laughs> on in your hand. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, aside from baseball cards, um, you know, people are buying hats online. Uh, they're buying. Um, when I say hats, there's a video game uh, called Team Fortress. Oh, okay. And the game, <laughs> the game, the game is free, but you can buy hats, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the hat economy in the game is insane. Like people are buying and selling these hats on eBay, and you know, hundreds of dollars for your character to have a hat that does nothing. Yeah, I I've seen I've heard of that kind of stuff going on. Animal Farm, I think, and other kind of app games or whatever. Um, that's not blockchain related, though, is it? No, those aren't blockchain related. It's super but similar. The I. The idea. The idea of trading a digital piece of property like that. Mm -hmm. um, so now with blockchain, it's decentralized. So hopefully, whoever you're buying your your NFT from, whether it be art, trading card, um, whatever, that it's it's transferred on an open marketplace. You know, which is why it needs to be attached to like an Ethereum yeah, or yeah. a Bitcoin or something. Um, there's some cryptos so, that are not centralized, though, by the way. Like the NBA Top Shot. That's, you're not going anywhere um, without the NBA, basically. So you need their website, their their whole ecosystem. And that that kind of takes a lot of the point away from the decentralization of it. But, you know, uh, that's interesting as well they're they're phenomenally successful right now yeah i'm not that, familiar with that i'm not really sure what that is they're the next that's the next generation of digital trading cars the nba top shot thing oh uh you basically you're basically buying into these moments there are these short little video clips with stats oh, yeah. and information i did hear about that yeah i got online last week um and bought a pack for like 14 bucks. A pack of and, videos, you know, essentially. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> I, bought, I bought three videos for $14. Uh, dumbest thing I've ever done and uh, awesome, most awesome thing I've ever done at the same time. Um, so yeah, I bought, I bought these bought these three car, uh, moments, mm -hmm. opened them up. They played the awesome little animation and tears open. Yeah. This cube is spinning around and like the character's name comes out and the stats are on the side. And then it shows the the video of like him faking a guy out and then taking a jump shot. And yeah, it's like one of those ESPN replay deals, you know, when you see but official the NBA, replay. Official NBA kind of controlled. Right. Got it. So Got it. So if I want to if I want to share with somebody um my my collection of moments or whatever, I'd go online get the link from the NBA Top Shot page, send them that link and say, hey, here are my, here's my collection of moments or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, wow, you got the, the super rare, you know, rookie event of blah, blah, blah. And it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I got that. And so it's, you know, you're, you're in, involving everybody in that little ecosystem online. So when people are like, all fascinated about likes and shares and, and retweets and all that. Then it started, then it started to make sense to me. I was like, Oh, wow. I could actually say that, you know, I'm one of the people who got in on this and yeah, you don't actually, especially with NBA top shot, you don't really own the thing. You know, you just kind of said, Hey, I paid for this and I have this moment, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So doing the same thing for art, though, um, it's art, art is always weird to me, uh, even though I'm involved in it. It's, it's just always weird to me. I don't know what people are. I don't know what a lot of serious artists are thinking about in terms of going forward. Um, I mentioned that I hadn't created any NFT of my own yet because mm -hmm. I didn't have a good idea and I didn't just want to jump on a bandwagon yeah there's there's some barriers to entry too as well um, it costs like 60 bucks I think to create an NFT um, um, sorry. yeah it depends on who you, it depends on who, okay yeah go ahead 
Yeah, it depends on who you do it through. Uh, there are different marketplaces, oh, and um, and I'll, when I say marketplace, you know, it's like a. I really don't want to say it's a gallery, but it's the closest kind of parallel to that, where somebody sets up a, a marketplace where mm -hmm. you buy your, um, your, you, your you NFT art. you pay the fee. You pay the fee to create an NFT. Mm -hmm. You set the terms and conditions, and by terms and conditions, there could be a royalty range from like zero to fifty percent or or something on a on an NFT that the artist gets paid back if if it ever sells again oh, and so I forth. Um, yeah, and that can happen automatically. I know that's a big thing for a lot of artists, where they're like, "Holy crap." I can sell something and then secondary sales can give me a kickback of the, the profits. And it's like, yeah, they can. Um, yeah, that's, a, so I know artists. I can see that being attractive. Definitely. Yeah. That's, that's a big thing. Um, and I think, I think part of that reason is why, why Christie's wanted to jump in and make such a big splash so quickly. Yeah. I think it seemed like they, from what I could tell reading their website and everything, I think they just really want to get ahead of the whole, you know, every artist for himself kind of thing. It's like, look, come through us. We'll make all your art important. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah. Don't just go poking around on the artist website directly. Uh, I you see. still need us. That kind of makes sense too. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think, you know, I kind of poo pooed on, uh, on, on Christie's for doing that, but I totally get it. Um, there's a, on one end, sometimes I complain about the gatekeeping that uh, the gallery system in general does. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, I know it keeps out a lot of bozos. You know? Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know if there's really a system. You know, everybody keeps talking about the gallery system. Um, I hear that a well, lot. Well, I mean, we, li we, like, we like you or we don't like you. Both, like, just there's a system. There's a gallery system. I just, I want to know who this centralized um authority is that's controlling my business but just that's not really true the the gatekeeping is basically the marketplace itself um it's basically you know if you if you're paying for a brick and mortar place you got to pay rent well you can't show everybody because not everybody sells for xyz reason the real gatekeeping mm -hmm. is capitalism um there's no system you know per se it's just um, a private business usually needs to make decisions right. for, to, um, you know, financially. That's all it really is. There's yeah. no like vendetta usually, you know, um, there's, none of that's going on. It's just, uh, we got to make rent. That's it. Well, uh, yeah. Um, well, I think one thing galleries have done well is um, they've understood and developed a market that um, doesn't require, but really encourages the gallery's validation. And I'm not saying this is every gallery, mm -hmm. but you know, you know, between you know five different major galleries, if you go in the door and say, "Hey, I'm just artist off the street," then that gallery is thinking, "Okay, if he's never been in another gallery, then he's just oh, a I new see. artist." Yeah, and you know, it's, it starts to get into that whole, you know, I need, I need clout. I need clout from a gallery or sure. somebody else before I can get ahead. And as, as I said, that's mostly a marketing thing because, mm -hmm. you know, artists are notorious for not really understanding how they can get their own art out there and how they can really build their brand and mm -hmm. build that, build that clout. Um, you know, and you hear me talking about that a little sure. bit on, on Facebook. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so I think, I think that's one thing galleries have done well. And as I said, you know, on, on one extreme, and we're not talking extremes here, but on one extreme, it's like the galleries run everything and they really don't. On the other extreme, it's like, hey, artists can just, you know, they're, they're being paid entirely on their, the work of their, the worth of their art. And that's really not true either. There's a whole bunch of clout and, uh, presentation and branding that goes on mm -hmm. and it's not just it's not just the painting on the wall no obviously. no it's not right so somewhere in between there 
uh, I think the the NFT thing really shook shook people up, mm. and it became a it became almost a I was about to say a land grab, you know, um, to see if I could get my name out there as hey, this is one of the premier NFT artists. You know. Yeah, to to be like the first, and um, I can see why there's a why people are kind of rushing into it because they don't want to miss out on um, the next trend, I guess. Um, yeah, I can see that for sure. Well, aren't, aren't artists basically, uh, aren't a lot of the known artists basically uh, representative of a given, you know, uh, time period uh, style where it's like, you know, when you talk about street artists, you know, all of a sudden street art becomes a thing and you've got four or five names that come up, you know, uh, Banksy, Shepard Ferry, uh, you know, Black Lerat, I don't even know if I want to mention him anymore. Um, yeah. But they become like, these are the street art guys. Okay. And when another movement comes around, like the pop movement, mm. it's like, okay, you've got, you know, Warhol, Lichtenstein, you know, Rusha. Um, is it Rusha or Rusha? I don't know. I don't know how you say it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I've heard so many different variations <laughs> I want to get through. But anyway, you know, every movement has its like one or two or three guys. Mm. And then, you know, all of a sudden NFTs come out and oh, Christie's basic, Christie's basically comes out with the magic wand and says, Beeple, you are the NFT guy. Bing. And suddenly well, it's like him. Well, and Christie's has all the money, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a reflection of how society is um, at the moment organized. Um, whoever has the financial capital controls politics, culture, power. That's how it works. Right. Um, it's a two-way so street, in, in of turn... course. I mean, it could go the other way, but mostly you know, um, money is a big advantage. <laughs> Understatement. <laughs> Understatement of the century, but... <laughs> yeah, so, um, but as far as the, uh, the ownership goes, yeah, I, it's, you know, owning a piece of, I, I think what we're, we might end up seeing even going forward is you know, somebody creates a a digital um, artifact, a digital something, um, video, uh, you know, JPEG, mm -hmm. um, whatever, a VR space, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually a big area where I think NFTs are going to shine is in the VR space, if that ever really wow. happens. Um, well, yeah, because you can you can definitely gatekeep people not shouldn't use that word you can definitely keep people um like my this you go into a virtual gallery or something mm. and you know it's like i can only submit an image that that's coming through an nft that has x y and z criteria on it um huh. so interesting. suddenly the game starts to get interesting like okay if you have a an organization such as Facebook or um, uh, Grand Theft Auto or something where you can't just upload a JPEG, you have to um, send an, the ID of your NFT token to show that piece of art, then it's like, oh, okay, wow. Okay, well, they have to, that NFT has to reach that criteria before it's even used in this digital space. In that certain platform. On that certain platform, right, correct. Hmm. Yeah, as far as, uh, you know, on being on a computer or on your phone, yeah, you can take a screenshot. But um, I think it's really hmm. interesting, in, in interesting. When, you have, when you have closed spaces like uh, virtual worlds, uh, VR headsets, you know, where you have to control, where you can control that kind of thing. Yeah, that's interesting. So, I wonder what that's going to be like. Dude, what it's going to be like, I... Somebody asked me what I think is going to happen in a year, and I was like, I, I don't even know what's going to happen in the next month. Yeah, now. I was just wondering. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did not think 
NFTs because the blockchain and cryptocurrency tech has been around a while mm-hmm. and people have been talking about, you know, oh, some of this stuff yeah. for ages. But it's like, it was, oh my gosh, Lawnmower Man, you know, back when we were talking about, uh, you know, virtual reality and everybody getting, and it's been like decades and we're just now starting to see stuff show up on, in like Walmart, hey, buy this VR headset. Yeah. You know, and it's still not mass market at all. Yeah. But uh, I'm, a- I'm actually looking at this, uh, this conversation thread that got this whole um, discussion kicked off here. And uh, you said something that I uh, wanted to follow up on. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Uh, uh, and that was, it was getting to, um, if I buy an NFT link to a JPEG art piece, I uh, can't stop anybody else from posting that same JPEG. So what is it that I really own? Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's just, I think it's just like the, you know, like the sticker on your chest or whatever, the little gold star that says Facebook believes you own this Facebook NFT or, you know, OpenSea or Rarible believes that, you know, you, you paid money for it. It's, yeah. So, I mean, in, in that way, it takes, it doesn't have anything to do with the art at all. You know, it, it, no. aesthetics is nothing, right? If that's what the value is. Um... That's what it feels like right now, because I'm, I've, I've been online and jumping around like um, Instagram, just seeing what people are. If you like search hashtag NFT art or whatever, you can see what people are putting out there. And it's like people can buy, I mean, people can like obviously save the image, but some people maybe want to support the artist, but I think most people are just getting in on the craze and the art really isn't that important. No, I, 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 doubt, I doubt the art is that important to most people that are getting into it. I, I, I can't, I, I haven't really looked into who, like the demographic of people who are uh, buying these NFTs. I've heard, you know, rumors that they're mostly not art collectors. They're mostly um, just cryptocurrency um, enthusiasts, investors, entrepreneurs. Um, yeah. Which would make a lot of sense. They have vested interest in um, pumping up cryptocurrency. And you have to buy cryptocurrency to create an NFT. I mean, you turn everybody into a cryptocurrency bull and you're holding cryptocurrency that's fucking great you know yeah uh, that is that is something you don't have to care about the art yeah you i mean maybe you 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 could say yeah i'm helping the artist i guess you i mean you could also buy the art (laughs) yeah they've been creating you know um yeah i don't know and and that you know that that whole thing about hey do it to help the artist because they can't survive on their art well, then you got to, that really begs the question, um, why can't they survive on art, even though they're good in this society, you know, and that comes mm. back to, well, we, we don't support the arts, we don't have a strong social safety net, which allows you to have more freedom in choosing what you want to do with your life, mm-hmm. um, because you don't want to be homeless, etc., or you, do, you want health care. And, um, you know, you have to get your nine to five job, um, right. to keep those things. Cause society doesn't provide that to you, at least certain societies and in countries. So I think it, the bigger picture is it exposes from that angle of help the artists do it, you know, artist charity NFTs. Well, why do we need that? Do we not right. value arts and creativity? Or do we, you know, um, maybe we have values and other things like um, money and uh, weapons, power. Right, right. So that's kind of the bigger picture um, from my view, I guess. No, no, I I get what you're saying. that's a... Because if you had that, if you had a social safety net where, you know, 
artists can survive and not starve to death um, while they're trying to hone their craft, then you wouldn't you wouldn't have the same need for artists to be like, well, let's do this to support the artists. Um, it just it just wouldn't be as necessary. Right. Um, so on that on that angle, um, what do you think artists uh, are 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 missing in in that respect? Um, like, what what are, what are you seeing from artists that you think they need to to kind of understand to kind of get out of that that mindset of uh, you know like charity and everything? Um, Oh, I or mean, I don't even know if you think they need to. Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess that you can kind of say it's a mindset, you know, like think of yourself as a business, et cetera. Um, but that's just a very small view. I think the bigger view is okay. is more systemic. Like what systems of society makes it more difficult for artists to survive? And you'll find that those systems of society are the same systems that make it hard for a lot of people to survive, you know? It's not that much different from, you know, somebody growing up poor or whatever, or disabled, something mm -hmm. like that. Well, again, you don't get health care unless you make money. You don't, you don't get health care right, unless right. you work for somebody who can then make money off of their business. Um, unless you're in the military, <laughs> right, right? then you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to make profit, you know? And that's where all mm -hmm. of our money goes to, you know? I mean, a lot of it, um, fighting each other. So we could get paid for doing that. But that money could go to the artists. Just like when, um, you know, FDR, uh, during the New Deal era, he, he, to get out of the Great Depression, he pumped tons of money into arts programs and whatnot. And that helps sustain a lot of artists. I think Jackson Pollock would not have happened if it wasn't for FDR and the New Deal. So uh, yeah, hold on. You, you mentioned uh, we talked about him a little bit before with uh, him and the CIA. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we did. So how, how did how did that go again? Just for people who don't know. Oh, I see. Way off topic, but um, I mean, the CIA. This is this is not conspiracy theory. You know, this is documented, New York Times, et cetera. Um, but the, during the Cold War, the CIA would uh, purchase abstract expressionist art um, like Jackson Pollock and, and um, you know, it, as, as, a, um, as a way to fight communism because communist art was more um, was more representational um, and abstract expressionism connotes like more of a, of a f feeling of freedom. So they just looked at it as a cultural war because the um, the Soviet Union was uh, propping up their 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 style of art. So abstract expressionism was seen as the anti-communist art style. So the CIA would, yeah. you know, buy the art pieces or bid them up <laughs> um, yeah. as a cultural war, essentially. Well, um, I, I didn't think that was like, well, let me t tell you why I, I just asked about that really oh, okay. quickly. Um, I think art is uh, very culturally important. Um, but, and I think it's, uh, you know, culture is kind of used as a, as, as a, as a factor in, in warfare, like cultural warfare. Yep. Uh, you know, you want us to make, you want us to make decisions that fall in line with this culture that we're pushing as opposed to, right. um, other decisions. And, um, and, you know, I think the expression of a community, um, is, is often linked to its art. And the less we push art, uh, the less, the more we start to fall into, 
geez, uh, you know, just this mechanized something. I don't, I don't even know mm -hmm. uh, what that would be. Um, so you're you're, but you're I saying think, you're saying if we don't push art, something will fill that void, or if we don't. Um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose it will. Um, was I saying that? I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm just getting at the fact that I, I see an, a certain importance in art, and um, I think that when you when you brought up that um, you know FDR was putting money into the arts, mm -hmm. uh, that's not that's not just something that it's like hey art is great, we're the government, we're going to, you know, support artists, so they show up on Art 21 on PBS. Um, you know, it's, it's a little more ingrained in society, the arts, than, um, than we kind of understand, or uh, we, we take it for granted, I think, uh, the arts. Yeah, maybe. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a uh, clear thought process on this <laughs> when I was putting uh, this podcast together, but, oh, okay. um, you know, the whole, uh, you know, just buy art to support artists and no one knows why we just seem like nice people. Um, I don't agree with that line of thinking, um, but I understand the importance of art. So I'd always want to push uh, artists to do better on their own and, mm. uh, and, you know, um, I want to push people to understand art a little more. Um, so, so back around, we get this NFT thing, and this is happening, and it's it's removing us from the art a little bit, and yeah. but it's extremely important. But it's extremely important. So I think that we should engage somehow. But I'm not sure exactly how to do that. I'm just exploring right mm -hmm. now, and uh, I'm catching all these different voices, and so. Uh, I definitely want to thank you for jumping on and give me give me your opinions because um, you've always got some sharp insight that I'm not expecting. So <laughs> interesting, you think that? <laughs> no, seriously, you know when I saw the conversation go on, it's like you know uh, on Facebook, I was like, oh okay. <laughs> no one, no one had really, yeah, no one had really come from that perspective, at least in the the comment section and the people talking that I had. Um, engaged with online so no it's cool yeah i just think um yeah the, the nfts are um yeah like you said they're taking a they're stepping in between the art you know like between mm -hmm. you the the experiencer of the art and the art piece itself and then now you're you're just focused on it's the like the the idea of ownership it's like it's like instead of wanting the the print itself or the aesthetics you're way more interested in the certificate of authenticity <laughs> like, yes yes exactly what's the art yeah. oh i don't even know <laughs> you know oh, okay this is one out of ten all right bro <laughs> like like um that's yeah. how i see it just like it's probably even less than that, even because you don't actually own the art piece itself that you don't care about, you know? Right. And, um, you know, there are people that are, uh, people included that are making these NFTs mm -hmm. and they're flipping it around. They're making the NFT and then creating prints, you know, lithographs or whatever mm -hmm. reproductions from the NFT. So they're, they're, they're presenting it as if, this digital blockchain token at tokenized asset mm -hmm. is a is a source and the prints that come off of that are like the reproductions and the so that's actually happening what you were saying yeah I where it's like hey I didn't know we were doing that, but yeah that is yeah. interesting you could take yeah so uh that's all that's a whole nother but yeah it's yeah, it's kind of wild out there um yeah, I don't know if you wanted to add anything more on that, uh, you know, but um, that's kind of kind of what I was uh, getting into um, when I saw your post. So I'm glad you could make it on. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Yeah. So uh, b before we uh, break out, though, um, you know, is there I mean, is there anything else that you wanted to clarify that while we were speaking or uh, anything else that you're doing right now or you guys are up to? Yeah, so we're still doing um, exhibitions. Um, every month, 
So uh, check us out, thumbprintgallery.com, and um, keep up with us and what we're doing. And um, yeah, that, that's about it. Um, I'm, I'm creating my, my third album right now, music. So I'm thinking I'm gonna, that's going to come out end of the year. So Awesome. Yeah, I'll have my uh, I'll have my NFTs out too, and I'll I'll make sure that uh, you get listed in the credits. Nice. Well, I was thinking for, about for, tokenizing for my soul. See how much you oh, can get nice. for that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a yeah, negative amount, it? but. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's dumb out there. I I will totally admit to that. It's just stupid out there right now. So. Yeah, man. Um, definitely appreciate your time. Uh, and you said you had a show coming up. There was another show like next week or. Oh yeah. So the, the show, um, by, um, JYK, um, is still at a uh, thumbprint gallery in La Jolla, Jin Kim. And, um, you know, it's one more week we have that show up thumbprint gallery. In La Jolla. All right, cool. Uh, I'll be sure to link that up when I put it out here. I'll try to have that in a day or two. All right, man. Thank you so much. Cool. Hey, good talking to you. Thanks for uh, suffering through me and my technological no, that was fun. oops. Oh, yeah, trying to no, make it all happen here. Cool, cool. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Appreciate it. Okay, bye. Bye. That was uh, Johnny Tran of Thumbprint Gallery. I uh, really want to appreciate him uh, for coming on, talking some NFT noise for me. It's funny when you're talking to people on Facebook or on whatever platform, it's uh, it's one thing. But then when you talk to them in person, you're like, oh, okay. That's the the face-to-face, screen-to-screen talking is always a little different than talking to them in 180 characters or less kind of format. So be sure to keep connected to your friends, your family, and everything else. Um, sure to check out the other videos here. I'm going to be creating more of these, uh, putting them under the ADD Experience Podcast. That is the Art Development and Design Experience Podcast from Mr. Benja, uh, now on YouTube and all your favorite podcast channels. So thanks, everybody. I will see you later. Hey, thanks for joining me on this podcast. You all make everything I do possible, and I really do appreciate it. So even if you've got me on social, please visit mrbenja.com and see what's happening and how deep the rabbit hole goes. All right, I'll see you next time. Peace.